I want to preach on Jochebed, the mother of faith. I thank the Lord for Moses, and I'm going to show you in the scriptures what a great man of God Moses was and how God referred to Moses. <clears throat> and that's very important, but I want to tell you something. The only reason Moses was a great man of God is because he had a great mama, because he had a great daddy. And uh, Amram and Jochebed is not the famous people uh, that you might know of. You always know Moses, but I'm going to tell you something. Thank God for a mama of faith. Let's stand on the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. It's good to see some old friends here I hadn't seen in a long time. And some uh, children was raised in our church and moved off, went to other churches. But they came back to honor mama. And I appreciate you doing that. And uh, at the end of the service, I want you to go hug your mother and tell her you appreciate her. And be sure to uh, stay for a good picture. We'll have announcements at the end of the service. Brother Jason is preaching junior church this morning. And he is the minister of announcements. So I don't want to take his place. Amen. Look at Hebrews. You know, I don't know if y'all uh, just sad, blue, down and out or whatever. I can't even get you to smile, much less laugh. And so I'm just going to preach. Amen. But look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. The Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. I want you to underline that phrase, of his parents. Because they saw he was a proper child. Hebrews 11, verse 23. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. And that been, he would have been a billionaire. But choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God um, than to enjoy pleasure of sin for a season. Sin for a season. Esteeming the approach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had recompense unto, uh, respect unto recompense of the reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good choir special. Well, we do thank you there's an empty tomb after the cross of Calvary. And God, there's a living Savior. You're our living Savior, ever living on the right hand of God, interceding for us. Now, Lord, please help us to preach these messages. Sometimes special days are so hard and sometimes so tense and, uh, Lord, maybe so time rushed. But I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to settle down now in the Word of God and preach with power and preach with anointing and preach with conviction. Lord, I thank you for my mother. And I thank you that she brought me to Sunday school and taught me the Word of God from a very early age. And I'm indebted to her. And I'm looking forward one day to seeing her in heaven and thanking her for her faithfulness. But Lord, help us as we study the scriptures to realize how important a mother of faith really is and how powerful she really is. So Lord, thank you for our mothers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, moms of faith are contagious. Your children will catch your faithfulness. They'll observe your priorities. They'll realize who's the very most important person in your life, mama. And I want to tell you something, Moses' life was changed completely. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy and chapter 33, verse 1, 
you'll see what God's word says about Moses. I just want to take just a second here to show you this in Deuteronomy in chapter 33 and look at verse 1, please. And, I, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, the word of God calling men of God what they call them because it, it emphasizes what God thought of them. In 33 verse 1, the Bible says, And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Look at chapter 34, verse 5. Chapter 34, verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord. Thank you, brother, for turning me up a little bit. Uh, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. First of all, he's referred to as a man of God. Second of all, he's, he is referred to as a servant of the Lord. The servant of the Lord. And folks, he wasn't a slave of self. He wasn't a slave of the devil or Satan. And he wasn't slave to a salary. He wasn't slave to this society. He was a servant of the Lord. One of the highest callings on this earth. And then if you look at Deuteronomy 34 verse 10. The Bible says, And there arose not a prophet since, uh, since in Israel, like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. I want you to know, friend, Moses had an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. He was a man of God. He was a servant of God. And folks, I want to tell you something. He was that because, first of all, mama and daddy were parents for God. I'm one of the greatest ministries in this church is the family. Uh, your Christianity will never rise any higher than your level of Christianity in the home. Uh, your true Christian disposition doesn't come out around the Lord's Supper table. We'll have the Lord's Supper tonight. But I want to tell you something, friend. It comes out around the coffee table. And I, I, did, I, I outlawed coffee tables because my kids kept hitting the corners of them. So uh, the breakfast table is a good place to spend time. And folks, your true, true Christian disposition comes out around uh, your home. Your children know how much you love God. Your children know how much you believe God. Your children know how much you honor God. And, and moms, let me challenge you this morning. Uh, let God be who he is through you. And the greatest mom on this earth and the greatest ministry on this earth could be the ministry of mama. Where would you be without your mama? Well, you wouldn't be here. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, when Robert Ingersoll, the notorious skeptic, was in the heyday of, uh, in his heyday, two college students went to hear his lecture. And they walked down the street after the lecture and one said to the other, well, I guess he knocked the props out, out from under Christianity, didn't he? To the other he asked. And the other said, no, I don't think he did. Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life. And until he can explain my mother's life, I will stand by my mother's God. And folks, thank God for that. Thank God, friend. Listen, I'll tell you, the, the infidels and the politicians and the liberals and all that try to destroy what marriage is and what family is and when life begins, they cannot destroy the teaching and the foundation of a godly mama. I want to tell you something. What you're doing is very important. Don't ever apologize for being a homemaker. And don't ever be ap apologize for being a mama. 
Moses was such a man that he had intimate terms with God. The Bible says in Exodus 33 verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Now, folks, Moses was so close to God, and Moses was used so mightily of God. But where did he get his faith? I believe I know. It was in the lap of his mama. You know, this is very important, and I don't want to go over too much history because some of you will get a little bored, and you're ready to leave, ready to eat, ready to take mother uh, home and feed her a steak supper or whatever you're going to feed her. But, uh, you know, the most important essential role Moses' mom had and dad had was to teach them about God. What an important essential role that is. And uh, folks, I'm going to tell you something. They lived in a bad day. They lived in a day that uh, for 300 years they hadn't heard from God. 300 years they'd been there since Jacob uh, brought his family under the instructions of Joseph. And they hadn't heard from God. And folks, I'll tell you what, for centuries had gone by uh, from anybody ever heard from God and uh, matter of fact, God's chosen people were reduced to a nation of slaves. So Amron and Jochebed were slaves in a heathen society. And they were, uh, and it got so bad that they started killing the children by throwing them in the river Nile. You know the story. But I want you to rehearse it. Because I want to tell you something. It's not easy to have faith in these days. But it wasn't easy to have faith in those days. And so... Uh, they began to look around, and, and uh, they were in unending despair and humiliation. And Pharaoh after Pharaoh raised up, felt threatened by the Egyptians, and began to enslave them, and then they, then they began to kill them. And that's where Moses was born. And folks, uh, the prevailing attitude of the children of Israel was fear, anger, and despair. And they had gone beyond thinking God had abandoned them. They forgot God. Even when Moses uh, met the Lord in the burning bush, he said, Moses said to God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And then, shall I say to, uh, and then they shall say to me, What is his name? What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? And of course he said, Tell them that I am sent them. But folks, they'd forgot God's name for 300 years. That'd be like 1721, God gave a promise to someone that this nation would come back to God, that they would be brought up a liberator. And for 300 years, there has been no word. There has been no faith. And folks, thank God, thank God for a mama named Jochebed. She made a difference in history. And folks, don't think you ever should apologize for the ministry around the sink. Or the minister around the diaper change. change. You men, that means where they change the diaper. Amen. And uh, the ministry of uh, raising your children up and teaching your children. And I want you to know, friend, uh, Jochebed and Amram made the difference. And I want to give you just three quick things how, they, how she made the difference. And I'm, I'm, of course, I believe Amram uh, had a big input in this. He was a spiritual leader. But how can a mom's faith make a difference? Number one. Uh, she had a vision. She had a vision of faith. A vision of faith. And I want you to know this, that we need to have a vision for our children. A vision for our children. Uh, we need to realize that they're peculiar 
There, no, there's nobody like them. And I don't mean that peculiar in a bad way. Maybe I ought to change that. They're special. Amen. Every one of your children are special. Some of them are peculiar, but some of them are special. Amen. Because they're a lot like their daddy. But anyway, not only did Jochebed have a vision of fate for her generation, and somewhere maybe she remembered the prophecy that they would be liberated, that they would be a great nation, and that there would be a liberator, some prophet that would be brought up. Maybe she remembered that prophecy. I'm sure she did. Even her name, Jochebed. You know what that means? It means the Lord of glory or Yahweh glory. Now, folks, somebody had to name her that. So let's go past Jochebed. I don't know her name, but there was a grandmama and a granddaddy. How many of y'all grandmamas or granddaddies raise your hand? Aren't we crazy? Amen. I mean, we spoil them and send them home. Hallelujah. Praise God. My, my, my son the other day said, you know, I didn't get away with that. I said, you're, you're not a grandson either. Amen. But I tell you, if I, if I knew grandchildren was going to be so good, I'd had them first. But anyway, no, listen. <clears throat> Grandparents, you may have a great influence on, on, on your grandchildren's life. I'm sure Brother Moore has a great influence on all these babies over here that's grown up and taller than him. Every one of them's taller than him. Amen. And I'm sure all of you that have grandchildren, you've had a great influence on them. Amen. Brother Mark, I don't even know how you keep up with both. Amen. Praise God. That little boy. He's going to be a rugby player, I think. Anyway, Jochebed. And you know, Amram means exalted people. Now here's a bunch of slaves, a nation of slaves. That's not exactly what you call exalted people. Come on. And folks, nor would it seem that the Lord could get much glory out of people making bricks out of, a, out of mud. But their names made a statement. Somebody saw Jochebed and somebody saw Amram as special. They had a vision. Look at our text, Hebrews eleven twenty three. It says, by faith when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. That don't mean he was proper in his manners. That means literally in the Greek, he was a special child for the Lord. Now, folks, I believe with all my heart, you ought to look at every child with eternal potential. I believe you ought to look at every child as he or she could do great things for glory. Amen. There's more important things than making money. Come Say amen. There's more important things than just being happy. There's much more important things than being famous. Some of the famous people have nosedived lately. Say amen. I don't care how much money you make, and I don't care how far you can throw a football. I was trying that Friday night, and all the kids, especially Clark, and uh, they said, man, you can still throw the football. And I got a little little prideful about that, amen. Yeah, I can still throw the football. I said, throw it to me. I can catch it too. And, you know, I have been sore all day yesterday. And I said, God, you know how to humble a 70-year-old preacher. But I'll tell you this, friend, there's more important things than just being a winner on this earth. It's to be an eternal difference for God. And folks, the vision of faith is that your child can begin with a personal relationship with the Lord. And you can he can know God. I want to tell you something. I'm thrilled that my children love God. I'm thrilled they love their mama. 
And I'm thrilled that they have more to do today than just have a picnic or have a good time, but they're serving God somewhere. And I wish my daughter 7,000 miles away was with us yesterday when we had family pictures. It was a little mixed emotion there. But praise God, I know what she's doing. She's not over in South Africa uh, trying to uh, get rich. And uh, she's not over in South Africa just uh, having a vacation. She's trying to reach men and ladies and boys and girls that need the gospel. And those families over there, it's it's just a wrecked society because the family has fallen apart. And here's Brother Kevin and Brother Jeremy and, and Brother Mark trying to make a difference. And our newest missionary, Brother Josh. And I thank God for that. There's no greater joy than to know your children are serving God. And you don't have to go to South Africa. I don't think many of y'all would sign up for that. But folks, I want to tell you, friend, when you have a child, they are an immortal soul. Let me say that again. When you have a child, they're an immortal soul and they're, they're going to live for eternity. And they're either going to live in eternity in hell or in heaven. Now that is a great responsibility. Say amen. And you can play games all you want to and you can have fun with your gift from God, your child, all you want to and skip church and not go to church and just, just have a good time with the gift that God's given you and just have a wonderful time every weekend. Or you can raise them up for God. And they can go to heaven instead of hell. And folks, I thank God Moses, number one, was saved. And I want you to know, friend, that they're going to live somewhere forever. And that's why parents ought to have a vision. I want my child saved. I want my child to live for God. I want my child to be pure. I want my child to be righteous. And I want my child to be holy. But I want my child to be happy. And until they're holy, they won't be happy. Say amen. Until you're in the will of God, you won't be happy. I don't care how much Junior's famous or how much Junior makes. Folks, if he's not saved and serving the living God and in union with his creator, God, he will or she will be miserable. And so we need to live by faith. And we need to live by his word. And we need to have a vision for our children. Then number two, real quick, we need to have a venture of faith. In other words, we need to put feet on our faith. You know, some of y'all changed sides and y'all have really messed me up, amen. I'm used to y'all being in a certain place. We freed another section to not be uh, distant. And man, all y'all switched around. And I said, good night, what are you doing over there? But anyway, uh, so don't change too much. But anyway, ventures of faith. Look at look at this. I believe there ought to be. A, I think the greatest adventure in this world is living for God. Hey, friend, I'm going to tell you something. I've been preaching now. Good night. Forty-seven years. I am getting old, Jennifer. Good night. Forty-seven years. I've been pastoring forty-three. And I want to tell you something, brother Jim. No regrets. And all the trials and tribulations a pastor goes through, no regrets. I'd rather be in the will of God than anything I know. And I've seen lives changed. Matter of fact, I'm getting so old, I've, I've, I've got more members up in heaven than I do down here. <laughs> Glory class had 27 minutes this morning. You know, our next class will be heaven. I just want to encourage y'all. <laughs> we ain't got an older class. And I'm a part of it. woo Praise God. I can still throw a football. But anyway, 
God help us, very carefully, but God help us to realize a Christian life is not some mundane duty, but thank God it's a joy. That's why I think you ought to sing with joy. I think you ought to smile when when you're in the choir, praise God. If you have to smile by faith, you ought to smile. I do that a lot, amen. I don't feel like smiling, but I know you need my smile more than you need my frown, so I'm going to smile by faith. And folks, listen, parents ought to smile by faith. You ought to step out by faith. James 1.17 says, faith without works is dead being alone. If you don't put works on your faith, you really don't have faith. Folks, if you don't obey God, you don't have faith. If you're not faithful, you're not, you don't have faith. They hid Moses three months. Look at verse 23. Hebrews 11 again. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine one day uh, Jacob had said, Honey, Honey Aram, what a name, Honey Aram. Maybe he called called her Honey Ram, I don't know. But hey, Honey, would you build a special crib? Oh, sure, hon, what you want? Because I want it to be uh, waterproof. What's wrong, Honey? Is the roof leaking? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, as, uh, do you think he's got a problem, you know, going to the restroom too much or wetting his diaper? We'll put another one on him. No, we're going to put him in the river. And we're going to let him go to downstream. And thank God she didn't let him go downstream in this world and raise him for the heathen world, but raised him for God. And folks, he became a man of God. He became a servant of God. He became a friend of God, the Bible says. This special crib would float. Think about it now. And she gave her special boy to the Lord. And she placed him in the Nile River. God honors these precious parents' faith and directed the current. Can you see it? Directed the current to a place where the daughter of the Pharaoh was bathing with no descendants She had to find somebody to adopt. I like adoption. Don't get me started there. And folks, she was the heir to the throne and she needed someone to be the heir. God directed the current. I'm going to say this, friend. God directs the current. And you know something? The will of God is just getting in the flow. But parents... Children cannot drive to Sunday school. Children will not read their Bible by themselves. But I want to tell you something. You can put them in the flow. You can put them in the perfect will of God by reading the perfect word of God to them, praying over them every day, praise God, setting the example, and and saying, hey, listen, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, Daddy. And folks, I want to tell you something. It is a wonderful blessing when you're in the current of God's will. And God directed that current with that little baby in that beautiful new crib, waterproof, probably had papellas on it. I don't know. Praise God. I don't know. And put it right in the midst of a Pharaoh's daughter that was probably being bathed by her servants because she was a billionaire. Here comes Moses. And I believe God pinched him, or the angels did at the moment, and he started crying, because I'm sure that thing had a cap on it, because Amram wouldn't have let him get wet from the rain. And she went and picked that crib up, and there was Moses. 
But here's a good sister. Miriam was trailing that ark. She was in the she was in the bulrushes over there. She was in the swamp. She was just making her way down the river. She didn't want little brother to be hurt, so she's going to try to beat off the crocodiles or whatever it takes because she was a good older sister. When and that baby, the current come into that those clutches of that Pharaoh's daughter. I believe that Miriam probably jumped in the river, swam over there, walked over there and said, hey, need somebody to nurse that baby? I know a Hebrew woman that take that baby and train him and nurse him and love him. And that Pharaoh's daughter, directed by the current of God's will, said, hey, that sounds like a good idea. And tell that lady we will pay her good. You get the picture? Folks, she had to give her baby up, but God gave her back her baby in the formative years. Your attitude is formed between ages one and seven. That's important years. So don't fuss and fight too much between one and seven. Just duke it out after seven. No, don't do that. But have a happy home during one through seven. And thank God, friend, the University of Egypt could not warp what Moses learned at the lap of his mama and about God, about his word, and about the prophecy that one day there would be a liberation of this nation. God would split the Red Sea. God would free his people. Moses learned that from the crib up. He didn't know he was going to be the person. But maybe, just maybe, Jochebed did. Folks, get your kids in the current of God's will. God wants to direct them, but he's waiting on you to tramp a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. The only way to tramp a child in the way he should go is walk that way first. Say amen. Moms, y'all can take straight preaching. I ain't worried about y'all. On Father's Day, I have to calm it down a little bit, but I I know y'all can take it. And friend, I want to tell you something. The only way you can tramp a child in the way to go to Proverbs 22.6 is go back to Proverbs 22.4. It says that there's life and honor to those that fear the Lord. There's riches and honor and life to those that fear the Lord. By humility and honor is riches and life and honor. Before there's training up a child, the way you go, there's got to be a humble mother that's teachable. A humble mother that's a good student. A humble mother that, praise God, says, hey, I haven't arrived. I need you, God. Let's go to Sunday school. Let's go to church. Let's do what we can. Let's train up our child to realize there's a holy priority called God's word and God's will. Folks, this time of slavery, this time of wickedness, taking babies and throwing them in the Nile. Now today, it's just as bad they're taking babies and throwing them in a garbage can behind an abortion clinic. Millions of babies have been thrown in a garbage can after sacrifice on the altar of of, of career. And it's a sin. I don't care what somebody says it's not. It is a sin. Thank God somebody let you live. 
Aren't you glad your mama didn't let you just live, but she brought you up to enjoy life and life more abundant and God's will and God's service. Folks, let me, uh, let me just close in saying this. Oh, the importance of early training. Oh, the importance of the age of memory, which is a child. And folks, thank God Moses' early training insulated him against the Egyptian wickedness. And he rose up, became a man, but the Bible says he became a man of God. He became a servant of God. He became a friend of God. Now, friend, I don't know about you. When I leave this old earth, and I'm not going to live much longer, I don't feel bad this morning, but, you know, maybe... Maybe 70 more years. I'll be all right. I, I ain't scared of death. It's the dying I'm afraid of. But anyway, when I, when I leave here, my ministry is going to continue. And not because my son's the associate pastor. Because my kids want to do something for God. And, it's, and, it, and, and the, the great uh, credit should go to the little lady sitting in the back named Miss Connie. She taught him every day. She prayed Colossians chapter 1 over him every day. She loved him every day. She trained him every day. And so they faced some liberals and they faced some attacks from hell in the universities and even the high schools. But I'm going to tell you something. Their mother's faith insulated them, equipped them. To stand for God. Oh, what a title. Mama. Last but not least, I gotta go. Gotta have a picture made. Don't have a family get together. Warm up the camera, Caitlin. The victor of faith. The victor of faith. I want you to see what happened in verse 24. And by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, that means when he grow, grew up, refused to be called the son of of the Pharaoh's daughter. Now, folks, you talk about a sacrifice. This man would have been a multi, multi, multi multi-billionaire because Pharaoh owned the world. But he refused it. Now, I don't know if you'd be proud of your child for doing that or not, but I'd be proud of my child giving up great riches, great comfort, great title, great prestige to serve a living God because it's greater. Let's look at verse 24 or 25. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction of the people of God. Does that make any sense at all? Not in the world's eyes. But let me say this real quick. Then enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. See, friend, sin's for a season. And you are a liar if you say sin's not fun. Sin is fun for a season. Sin is sensational for a season. Sin does give you some ecstasy for a few minutes. But I want to tell you something. There is an end to sin. And there is a payday someday for sin. And thanks be to God, if you have taught your children that, well done, Mama. And well done, Daddy. Because I'm going to tell you something, it's a great lesson to learn. That this world's not, your life is not about you. 
And your life is not about pleasure. Your life's definitely not about sin because sin is for a season. But look on. It says choosing rather. And that's, that's decision making. One day, they're not going to be with you all the time. One day, you're, they're not going to be around you because you ain't going to be around. And you better pray to God they got wisdom enough to make good decisions and that they fear God. Folks, listen, a child that fears God should be, you should be so thankful for a child that fears God. You know what that means? You live as if God's there. You live in His presence. Some people fear men, but you ought to fear God. Some people fear getting caught, but you ought to fear God. And folks, that fear means respect. That means honor. Folks, I thank God for children that grow up and train their children that God is here. God is in our home. We don't talk that way. We don't act that way. We don't fuss and fight. We don't drink. We don't do all the other things the world does because God lives in our heart and in our home. Amen. Fear God. Look at verse 25. I got to go. I don't know why I'm in such a hurry because y'all look like y'all in a hurry, but look at this. It says, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of people of God than enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ, here it is, greater riches. What a son that she raised. That the son, of uh, the son, the man of God grew up saying, hey, there's greater riches than millions of dollars being the child of the Pharaoh. It said, Esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had a respect unto recompense of the reward. <clears throat> I see the word esteeming. That means evaluation. Another thing that is such a blessing, folks, is that when your children grow up, they can evaluate. I want to use the word discriminate, but somebody might kick me off the platform, but you ought to discriminate against things that are not important. Say amen. Not people. We love everybody. I mean, why in the world would we be sending people back to Africa if we didn't love everybody? Amen. We're not call this church discriminatory. But I tell you, our children ought to discriminate against what's right and wrong and what's real and what's worthwhile and what is true riches. And folks, God's eternal values should be in their heart. Value system is taught by mother. You value the Word of God more than you do the things of this world. You value the Word of God more than you do a politician's word. You value the Word of God more than you do a dollar bill. And then I see respect. That's elevation. What do we elevate is important. But I want you to see another word in verse 27. It says, By faith he forsook Egypt, and fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Let me just close by saying this, and I've been trying to find the runway. I just can't land it. But um, what you elevate is important. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it very kindly, but I'm going to say it very truthfully. Whatever you put before God, could become your children's God. 
Whatever you put before God could become your children's God, little g. In other words, if they think that thing or that money or that person is more important than going to church, reading your Bible, <clears throat> praying, going soul winning, telling people about Jesus, they might think it's worth giving their life for. You taught a bad lesson, Mama. I'm saying this in love, but I preach the truth straight. This world's materialistic. If you let your kids fall into that trap and not forsake the things of Egypt, they'll live one day to regret it. But it all depends on the last one. I see illumination. It says, seeing him who is invisible. Let me close again for the 15th time. We just need to teach our children to love God. We just need to teach our children that the things of God are real. That they're right. Can I say another word? That they're eternal. Eternal. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? What does it profit a young man if he's popular and rich and famous and he goes to hell? What does it profit a young lady if she's rich and she's famous and her marriage lasts about three months and she marries some bum that walks off and is unfaithful and has an affair and walks off with the walks off with some beauty queen and leaves the kids for visitation hours. What's the profit? I'll tell you what, it profits nothing. And that's why mama and daddy, from the time you can hold them, you ought to teach them. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world could ever give me. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than be a king of a vast domain. I'd just rather have Jesus. I just want to say this, friend. Moses would have been a total flop and failure if God hadn't gave him a wonderful, godly, faithful mama. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I know this sermon's been pungent, but we don't have time to play games. We don't have time to entertain around here. God, we just have time to preach the Word of God and let it change lives. And God, my mission will be accomplished if moms will go back home with a different perspective, a different evaluation, a different respect. And Lord, I thank you for these mamas. They're, they're godly. They love God. They wouldn't be here this morning. But God, we can love you a lot more, including this preacher, including my dear, my dear wife. And so God, thank you for mamas that loved us when we went astray, stayed in church, didn't throw up her hands and blame it on God. Thank you for a mama that was there when daddy was passed out drunk. Thank you for a mama that woke us up on Sunday morning and said, we're going to Sunday school, children, no matter what happened the night before. 
God, we count her blessed. Lord, I'm going to bow at Jesus' feet when I get to heaven. But I'm going to look up my little mama. And I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for being a godly mama. Never thought I'd be a pastor. Never thought I'd be a preacher. God, this life has been wonderful because I had a mama that taught me every day that what really matters is what matters to God. And what really brings pleasure is what pleases God. And what really matters is what glorifies God. So Lord, help us to teach our children that lesson. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Have me say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. Because you can't take anybody where you've never been. You're going to, if you're going to reach your children, you've got to be saved. You say, Preacher, I know without a doubt if I died today, I'd go to heaven. If I live tomorrow, I can tell my children about heaven. I know I'm saved. Would you lift your hand up high as a testimony of that? How many glad you say, say amen? Nothing like it, is it? Amen. Puts a smile on your face every time you say the word saved. Several cannot raise your hand. I want to ask you a question. Is what you're living for and what you're going to die for worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, the things that's going to pass away and you're not going to remember and they're going to be dust and mold and ashes, is it worth it? I think not. And you say, preacher, I'm not saved. And this is not just for the moms, this is for dads, this is for anybody, this is for children. I'm not saved, but I sure would, I don't want to waste another day of my life. And I know I'm not saved and I want to be saved. I want you to pray for me. I won't come to you, I won't embarrass you. We don't do that stuff around here. I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Do you think enough of your own soul to say, Preacher, pray for me? That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. Anybody? Anyone? Let me say, Preacher, I'm saved, but I just want to be a, a better Christian. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better mother. I just want to be a better person. And folks, I want to tell you something. Self-improvement won't get you there. Hey, reformation won't get you there. Why do you think we're begging God to get back in the jails? Because reformation is not the answer for those dear prisoners. It's regeneration. It's the Word of God. The only thing that's going to change a person's life. And you'd say, preacher, I, I, I just want to be a life changer. I want to be a blessing to my mother. I want to be a blessing to my children. I want to be a blessing to everybody. I want to bless His holy name, and I just need to draw closer to God this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? i got to raise both mine. Amen. 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 Might as well be honest. Amen. That's what we're here for, isn't it? Not to play religion. God bless you, ma'am. Appreciate the way you listen. Anybody else? Quickly, lift your hand up and say, well, I was here for Mama, but I, I better be here from, for God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the liberty I had preaching. The devil fought it. Because he don't want mamas to sell out. He don't want mamas to live for God. The devil definitely don't want the children to do the greatest thing they could ever do for mama, and that's to have a Christ-honoring life. And have holy priorities. 
and love you more than they love anyone else or anything else. The devil don't want that. And so, Lord Jesus, please help us to draw nigh to you. And you said you'd draw nigh to us. And have personal revival this morning. We'll thank you. In Jesus' name.